In 2003, Kate Swellstead was just out of college, and she got a job where she's from, Michigan. I was a zookeeper at the Detroit Zoo. Her husband, Mike, worked at a Ford call center. And he was also making a lower hourly wage. But the two of them had always dreamed of moving to the Bay Area. We were really into the backpacking and camping and seeing the whole beautiful state. So they packed their bags and headed west. They had a lot on their minds, finding a place to live, jobs, those mountains, but... We did not think about tax brackets at all at that time. But soon they did. They found jobs there, and because Northern California is a much more expensive place to live than Michigan, they got paid more. And because they got paid more, they also paid a lot more to the federal government. You're penalized for making more money out here when you need more money to live out here. From Business Insider, this is BIQ. I'm Dan Bobkoff. Every now and then, we like to take something we all live with and ask, does it have to be this way? So this is actually a story about taxes and tax brackets, but it's also a question of fairness. Kate and Mike eventually found jobs, and they got paid more for roughly the same work they were doing in Michigan. But everything else was more expensive. Oh my gosh, going out to dinner, which we used to love to do, it's, it's almost, almost twice the price. Let's not even mention the cost of housing. Back then, they were talking with their friend David Alboy about all this, and he's thinking, this doesn't make sense. He happens to be an economist, now at the University of Illinois. And through these talks with Kate and Mike and his own experiences, he started to question the way our income tax system works. The idea that people who earn more are taxed more, no matter where they live. Workers earn different wages across different places. And a lot of that, those differences are just differences for cost of living. Kate and Mike not only paid more tax because they earn more, but their higher income pushed them into a higher tax bracket, causing them to pay even more to the government. Or take this example, a nurse who moves from Cleveland to New York. These nurses may be making $50,000 in Cleveland and $80,000 in New York. But because their incomes are higher, the nurses in New York pay more money to the federal government, even though they don't live fancier lives and don't get more in services. That basically means that New Yorkers as a whole are paying a lot more to the federal coffers than people in Cleveland. And for the lowest wage workers, the implications of this system can be devastating. Take a janitor. In an expensive city like San Francisco, he may earn $15 an hour. That's about $30,000 a year. And they're not going to qualify for most benefits. They might not even qualify for Medicaid, or barely. Yet in a city like that, he needs those services just as much as a janitor in, say, Kansas City, where it costs less to live, but he earns $8 an hour. They'll suddenly you know, be paying a lot less in taxes, receiving their earned income tax credit, and qualify for all sorts of federal aid. So, in a sense, we penalize people for living in expensive cities, whether they choose to live there, like Kate and Mike, or are a low-income worker who's there by happenstance and can't go anywhere else. And in Alboy's mind, this is unfair. The people who use more government services tend to pay less in taxes, whereas people in New York City, like me... You're not getting anything. I think uh, urban dwellers and city dwellers have every right to feel a little ripped off. The president-elect Donald Trump has a tax plan that proposes reducing the number of federal tax brackets from seven to three, but does nothing to account for regional differences in pay. It's not something that comes up often. One New York congressman, Jerry Nadler, has proposed adjusting tax brackets by cost of living, but he represents a part of Manhattan full of rich people, so it didn't get a lot of traction. 
Alboy actually has some different ideas. He says quality of life matters too. Hawaii is more expensive but has great weather, so a tax system could take that into account. Or we could tax based on where you work, not where you live. Another idea, because urban dwellers tend to pay more tax for the same work, the federal government could be more generous to cities. To help the cities disproportionately build their infrastructure, for example. Kate and Mike ultimately did the right thing to come to San Francisco. The economy in Detroit was declining, and it didn't need uh, more workers. It was suffering from high unemployment, and the jobs that they gave up arguably will go to somebody else. But we didn't make it easy for them. But now that they have kids and their incomes have trouble keeping up with skyrocketing prices, every now and then, Kate and Mike think about moving back to Michigan. It seems like we were penalized for coming out here. She says it doesn't feel like they're getting more for all the additional money they pay the federal government. Find more stories like this at businessinsider.com slash BIQ. If you want to think differently about home ownership, we have a story there about imputed rent. That's a wonky name for a weird idea. The government actually considers homeowners to be their own landlord. It's actually a big deal for how we incentivize home ownership. That and a lot more at the site. And let us know what you think of this podcast by emailing BIQ at businessinsider.com. I'm Dan Bobkoff. Catch you next time.